Shannon. And this is Workplace Side Hugs Edition. So normally in Workplace Hugs, we talk about an article, a book, something that's intrigued us. We kind of do a deep dive into that. For Side Hugs, what we want to do is really talk about points in our careers when we wish we had advice when. And so this week, we want to talk about advice we wish we had when negotiating a raise. And candidly, for me, this is something that terrifies me. And so I've got a lot of successful examples from my career. A lot of them are not me actually doing things, but uh, other people. And so I'll talk about it through that lens. I think I've also gotten a lot of advice from other people in terms of how to do this, but I will say for myself, this terrifies me. Yeah. I appreciate you sharing that, Rami. I, I don't know that I'm terrified, but it's not a topic that I feel like, oh, I'm an expert on this. Like, let me tell you what to do to negotiate a raise. There are certain things that I've done that have worked, and I think we're both going to happily share those with you today in hopes that it supports you. Uh, but just generally, I feel like there's this myth out there that like you've always got to fight for like everything you've got. And I've been pleasantly surprised in my career experience of opportunities where I can let someone else fight on my behalf, of opportunities where I can let my work speak for itself. That doesn't mean that I don't share about my work, but I let the quality of my results be known and shared and let the money flow from there. So with that. And I think too, to that point, I think as having managed people in the past, we can also give some advice on what not to do, what we've seen really backfire. Yes. And I think that is almost as important as what to do. And so we'll try and hit it from both sides and kind of give you guys kind of our our experience and our backgrounds in those things. So Shannon, what's the first piece of advice when negotiating a raise? Um, a tactic that I've leveraged in the past that has worked for me is to focus on negotiating on the front end. So agree on what exceptional performance is at the onset of the year. So for example, I would have an annual review with my boss. I would, you know, get great results, blah, 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 blah. And then I would use that as a moment to say, okay, let's focus on the next year. If I can do and drive these things and make these meaningful impacts in our business, can we agree that that's exceptional performance and would be in like the ballpark of this range for a raise? That has worked for me very well in the past to align on the front end. I agree with that. I think the important piece, and I think you're actually going to hit on this later, but I'm going to bring it up now, is making sure that the person you're having that conversation with can make that decision. Because I think a lot of times in big companies and small companies, that decision isn't really with your direct manager. And so having that conversation with them, but knowing that they can't actually sign up for that thing they're telling you they're signing up for, I think can be frustrating, especially when you then deliver on it. And they go, well, I can't make that. I can't do that thing. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So it can get tricky. Um, And I remember times as a leader of a team in a major Fortune 500 company, employees coming to me and asking like for a raise or for help. And it's like, I'm not the decision maker. I wish I was. And that can be so frustrating when you are that analyst role or whatnot. But that's the reality. Like I don't get, I don't have the budget to choose who I can give more and less money to, that decision is being made on a collective level. I feel like we've got to like take people behind the curtain in that way because I think that's Mm -hmm. a common misconception in a lot of major companies. I think if you work for a smaller company, there is a good chance that your boss is the direct decision maker. But even then, I mean, sometimes in smaller companies, it's still down to the CEO to decide. Exactly. So it's important to be 
realistic and mindful of who the decision maker is and therefore who you need to keep informed on exactly. your work. That doesn't mean you surpass your boss and don't include them in keeping them informed on your work, but you've got to be mindful and strategic about that. So I think the piece of advice around that is like, find out who the decision maker is, right? And I think if you're going to align with someone on here's what I'm wanting to deliver on, here's what I'm hoping to get for that, make sure that it's with the right person, or at least you can then say, okay, cool, it's not you, manager, like you and I will sign up for this thing together. But I need you to either reach out to them, or I need to reach out to them and talk to the person who can actually make that decision, because I don't want to give myself false hope in terms of what we're looking for. Yep. And it is possible too for them to do that on your behalf. Absolutely. But if you prefer a more direct route, you know, checking in or asking for that, or if it feels appropriate within your the size of your company environment, if you will. Yes. So my piece is very different than that. Mine is to test the market when appropriate. So I think, look, you're going to be in a role for a year and a half, two years, three years, whatever it is. At some point, you will be worth more on the open market than you are to your current company. And I think when people get those LinkedIn, hey, I want to chat with you about this role, my answer always is talk to them, see what it is. And even if you don't want to leave your company, it may be that your value has increased over time because of your skill set, what you're delivering against, whatever it is, and you're not getting the right value from your current role. And so I think you you do that, you get the offer. And I think if you want to stay in that role and the company really wants you to stay in that role, I, I've seen it work where an employee of mine came to me and said, hey, uh, I've got this external offer like the pay is actually really good like I'm really interested in taking it because I don't know that I can make that much here and it took half a day and two conversations for me probably a conversation or two for my boss and we got him a raise mm-hmm. and so it it comes back down to one does the company want you there do you want to be at the company and can they make it work I think at the point at which you're the one actively looking for those things mm-hmm you probably don't want to be at the company. So like, do you really care if the company matches? Like probably not like just go take that other job. And can we be like really blunt and really candid here? Yeah. (laughs) Be aware enough to realize when you are a cog in the wheel. So Mm -hmm. if you are working for a major fortune 500 company and you do a job that 200 other people do at your company and you try to leverage this as a negotiation tactic One, I, as your manager, will perceive it as you already have one foot out the door. So Mm -hmm. is it really worth my political investment to advocate on your behalf for a raise? And also our financial investment to advocate for a raise on your behalf? Because my perception is you're one foot out the door. So if you're going to leverage that, I would encourage you to be very clear and very transparent if your desire is to stay. To almost say like, oh, I backed into this. I wasn't looking. They reached out. I I just found myself curious. This is what I found out. But oh my gosh, I'm so happy here. I would love to stay here. Uh, I'm just I'm just really trying to make sure that I don't know. I'm earning what I'm what I'm. The market has shown me I'm worth. Yeah. Yep. So being really clear because people are gonna have to go fight on your behalf. And so make sure that they know that that's a fight worth having and that they're not just wasting their time and their breath. Well, 
you have to remember too that this is all happening off regular timing, right? Yes. You're you're asking for this thing in a process that doesn't normally exist. And so it may be easier in a smaller company. Certainly it should be easier in a smaller company. But I think in a much larger infrastructure, this could be near to impossible unless you serve such a specific need or or you're pushing a specific project or something yes. that gives you that leverage. I think yes. if you don't have that leverage and you, to, to Shannon's point, are a cog, there's 200 people who are doing your job. It's very easy for you to have just burnt that bridge. Yep. And now no one really wants to fight on your behalf. And honestly, they might just look at figuring out how to like minimize you and so that they don't have to deal with you anymore. Mm-hmm. It's unfortunate, but it's a hard truth. And I think that's what we're here to make sure that we're delivering <laughs> is yeah. the reality here. So if you work for a major company, you might be a cog in the wheel and it might be a much tougher battle. If you work for a very small company where turnover is oh like so painful and so hard for them to keep functioning, there I think you've got more leverage. Absolutely. What do you have for your next piece of advice, Shannon? So uh, kind of going with my theme of agree on the front end on what you're trying, what you're hoping for, what you're shooting for. Make sure that you're keeping people appraised of your impacts to the business often. Not the crap you learned, not how you're behaving differently at work, but how you're actually tangibly creating meaningful business results and change in their organization. So the thing I was going to say is the best piece of advice that I've never been able to fully uh, leverage was from, I don't know, was at a conference or something? And this guy said, look, every year I do the math to prove that the company is either saving more money or making more money in terms of bottom line through the work that me and my team do. Yes. And I literally sit down and do the numbers to show like, okay, my job impacts this part of the company. And here's exactly what the the things that I did over the year impacted. And here's the actual dollar value to show you, like you pay me X, I've actually made the company two times X or whatever it is to show like, look, I actually am delivering well above what you're paying me. And so I should actually be getting paid more. Mm-hmm. That sounds really nice. I have yet to find a way to calculate that in a way that's actually tangible and doesn't melt my brain. And so I will say, if you have an easy way to do that, do that. It's so easy to say to someone, I made X, I've saved the company two times X, like I should get more money. Like I'm clearly adding more to the bottom line. And like, I know I earned my value. Shannon, disagree with me. And also be careful because I can think of employees that I managed to target who are like, oh my God, I just saved the company $500,000. Why can't I have 10% of that? It doesn't work that way. Like it doesn't work that way. Part of that is your baseline job to save the company money, to drive more sales for the company. Uh, So make sure that you're I'm I'm all for humble negotiators or maybe humble is not the right word. I'm all for um, very, maybe it is humility, but how do you just make sure that you're maintaining a really strong relationship and connection with these people so that they want to fight and advocate for you? That will go so much further than you pissing and moaning and whining about how you save the company money and you should make more money. Yes. I think, look, it's, it's, Going to happen, I think, at the right times if you're going to build a case like that. I think you also have to take ownership of the mistakes that you've made, right? 
Because I don't see my analysts who lost me half a million dollars offering to give me $50,000 to offset a tenth of that. Amen. And so I don't, I think you have to own both sides. And so you have to show that the total impact of what you've done has actually saved the company money or earned more money than what you've done. And I think you use that in negotiating the raise. This is where I'm saying, like, I think in the specific instance where you're saying, hey, it's the right time of the year. Like we're talking about raises and promotions and all those things. Here's how I'm going to build a case for myself mm-hmm. and prove that I should be getting more. Mm-hmm. Not mm-hmm. not a function of I did one thing once and it worked out, but the sum of the parts of the last whatever time frame you're looking at to say like I've earned this thing and here's what I've done to earn it. Yeah, which is a good note to maybe end on to say negotiating tip number one, first and foremost, above all else do great work. <laughs> like, yes. Do great work. And if you're not sure if you're doing great work or if you're not sure that you're on the same page about your boss about the quality of your work, have that conversation first before you go in guns of blazing asking for mm-hmm. more money. It sounds so basic and is maybe not what you want to hear because you want that secret like sneaky tip behind the scenes. But it is the reality. My employees who delivered great work consistently, oh my gosh, I would walk over fire to get them more money. And my employees who came to me demanding more money because they found out that their peer made more money than them, mm-mm, honey, there's a reason they're making more money than you. And it's because they're delivering great results consistently all the time. And you're not. I think here's what I'll say. And I think this is a piece of our not to do advice is I think when you and peers have the conversation about salary and you find out that they're making more than you, I think if... If you know that you are delivering at a higher level than them or have more experience than them or whatever it is, you can use that to build a case. I think use it to build a case. I don't think you call them out specifically. I think you say, hey, I know a peer of mine is making X. I know that I don't think you say that person's name. I think you say like, I know that you're disagreeing with me, Shannon. I don't even think you do that. I think you leverage it as information. Uh, and then you make the case based on merit. You make the case Absolutely. based on the impacts that you have. You don't say, I know a peer of mine that's making more money. You come to me and you say, I've driven these things for the business this year. I'm really trying to think thoughtfully about um, what that might mean for me in terms of compensation. Let's Can we have a conversation about this? And don't make it about your peer. I personally, that's my personal response. Whenever somebody tried to come and make it about a peer without saying their names, it took me, P.S., not very long to figure out who's talking to who about money. And it never made me feel, you're not endearing yourself to me by telling me that. I'll put it that way. And again, if we go back, maybe that's the word that I was looking for before. How do you endear yourself to your leaders and your managers so that they want to advocate for you and like fight on your behalf to get you paid well? Yeah, I think that's the biggest thing is like, how do you get them to fight for you? Because most of the time, it's not going to be your manager who's making that decision. They need to go out and fight to their manager, right? Whoever they're reporting into to get you that raise. So I think one doing an amazing job is first and foremost, it makes it much easier for them to fight on your behalf. And I think two, like giving them the the fodder to then go and fight for you makes it even easier right to say like here are the things i've proved here the, here's the money i've saved us here here's the the tactical difference that you can see without a doubt that i've actually had a good impact on the business then they can go to their leaders and go look like this person you know has knocked it out of the park they've done all these things and then plus here's all this like beautiful data that they've now pulled that i can use to show you even more so like why they deserve that raise yep but i think knowing that someone else makes more than you i think it's a good fire to say 
are you delivering above and beyond them? Because if so, like fight for yourself. Yes. And leverage it as information to, if anything, I would take that as information to say, wow, I'm not doing a great job of advocating for myself. Exactly. (laughs) And take it that way to then say, how can I better advocate for myself and the work that I am contributing to this organization instead of making it about the other person? Uh Uh-uh, don't make it about the other person. Make it about you, honey, and make it about all the amazing things that you're doing that are more amazing than their things. But don't say they're more amazing than their things. Just make it about you. Yes. Okay, so let's wrap up. Um, I think biggest things are, for me, um, testing the market, I think, at the right times. I think the piece of advice of what not to do is to play that way too many times. Mm -hmm. Because I think one time, really strategically, that can work. If done right, I think it also has the benefit or the the ability to backfire and and have them say, okay, this person's got one foot out the door, like whatever, like we don't have to deal with them anymore. Um, I think at the point at which you've done that now more than once, it solidifies the one foot out the door. I think also like you have to do a good job and build a case for that. Mm-hmm. Yep. And mine on the front end like well before you think you want to negotiate a raise, agree on what exceptional performance is. Two, make sure you're clear on who the actual decision maker is. Three, keep them appraised of your tangible impacts to the business or the organization. And last, but definitely not least, most important, do great work. Do great work. So we know that you guys probably advice on getting and negotiating a raise as well. So we'd love to talk to you on the interweb. So please reach out to us at Workplace Hugs and let us know what advice you have for negotiating a raise. Yeah, we can't wait to see you on Instagram. I've been yes. Shannon. I've been Rami. And this has been Workplace Hugs.